Front Range Outdoors is brought to you in part by Wild Montana's Island Range Chapter, uniting and mobilizing communities to keep Montana wild. Learn more at wildmontana.org forward slash IRC. Also, Front Range Outdoors is sponsored by Great Falls Area State Parks, including Giant Springs, Tower Rock, First People's Buffalo Jump, and Sluice Boxes, providing year-round cultural, historical, and recreational experiences for the Great Falls area. Good afternoon and welcome to Front Range Outdoors on KGPR Great Falls. We are in the studio today with Marty Bannon and Amy Griesack. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Mike Chapman, a veteran fire lookout of Prairie Reef. And also we'll just kind of catch up on what we've been doing this summer. Well, Amy, I know I've uh, been lax in doing Front Range Outdoors, and I'm, I hope we can get back into it as fall and winter comes, but I have to say I've just been loving this summer. Uh, 1,600 miles on the Pacific Crest Trail, multiple hikes here in the in the state. Uh, now, if you talk to my spouse, she probably has a different opinion of how <laughs> I abandoned her for the summer. <laughs> But uh, now we're back. We're enjoying some great weather right now. Probably by the time this airs, it'll be blizzard in Montana. Could be. But uh, I want to say that Amy has her jam sweatshirt on today. Just another mile or just a mile, depending. And so for you listeners out there, to remind you again, that's her trail name, just another mile or jam. Mm -hmm. But I've been looking for this uh, interview for a couple years. Um, I actually met our guest up at the lookout, uh, and I think it was your suggestion, Jam, to, that I needed to go to Prairie Reef. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's one I've been wanting to go to for years, and every time it's been like, oh, I can't. But at least you and Sharon got up. I've been up there multiple times, and it never disappoints. And so I think part of the COVID, I was trying to get up there, and we were going to take um, – uh, some recording stuff up there and actually do this show recorded up there with Mike and that just never happened and COVID came along and wherever but um, I did get to sit down and talk with him and man I'm I'm still looking forward to this show as much as I was when I first met him so um, with that welcome to the show um, Mike and uh, thank you and tell me tell me a little bit about Prairie Reef you know, it's the quintessential front range lookout, I would say. It's, it, to me, it's the, the best of them, but a little bit of the history and how long were you up there and just give us a little background on, on your experience up there and the lookout. Sure, glad to do it. Um, the, uh, that that uh, lookout is a kit, and I think it came out of Minnesota, at one point uh, in the early 40s, uh, there were about 1,200 of them um, scattered mostly around the West, but uh, there were a lot of others there. And before this one was built, um, there had been another one, uh, an older one, much older one. Um, and before that, the lookout 
had to uh, sleep in a cabin two miles away from the top every night and uh, wrap uh, canvas around him while he was watching for fires all day. Well, it has become a lot more comfortable um, because you're surrounded by wood and glass, um, nice wood stove, um, a uh, propane stove and propane refrigerator. Uh, it's uh, pretty much like uh, being home, except you don't have people asking you questions all the time. <clears throat> now, when you go to the lookout every season, or when you have, what time of the year do you go up? Because obviously you're not going to be Usually traipsing up in May. It'll be in <clears throat> excuse me, uh, July, and then uh, uh, July 4th is not an uncommon time to go up. Um, and there will still be snow up there at that time on a normal year. Um, and it can either be quite a lot or almost gone. Um, and uh, we open it up, uh, take the shutters down. The shutters are put up every winter because you never know what is going to be hitting you um, at that time. Um, and uh, then uh, we are open usually till about the second week in September. And it's during that time that the majority of fires occur. And we have uh, three uh, lookouts up right in that area. There is Patrol Mountain, um, then there's Prairie Reef, and there is Bear Top. And uh, that gives us a very large triangle. So if one of us uh, spots a smoke, uh, we can talk to the other ones and uh, we have an instrumentation that allows us to measure the uh, exact heading. Um, all three of the lookouts are, are set up so they're all the same. Um, and then uh, we can plot it on a map and uh, pinpoint right where the fire is. Um, sometimes it's not so easy, but uh, sometimes it's very uh, good, and uh, then we can help... Uh, um, keep track of the fire and uh, um, the uh, dispatch uh, in Great Falls uh, will uh, will dispatch people um, to go fight the fire if it turns out to be one that needs it. Now so that... we're always on our tiptoes looking, uh, uh, watching every 10 minutes. You get up and look around and look for smoke, look for any kind of uh, irregularity and then uh, take it from there. Now that sun rises pretty early in the summertime, so what does a typical day look like for you? The sun does come up. Uh, it's actually already moving back south uh, by the time we get the, the lookout open. Um, and uh, the, the sun is at its highest level in uh, uh, June, in, uh, the 21st of June. Uh, first day of summer, and um, then uh, it slowly starts to move back, and and for me it rises uh, pretty much over Great Falls, and for quite a while uh, every morning I see it uh, peep up behind uh, Great Falls, which I can see in the distance, and then uh, uh, for the rest of the summer I track it as it moves south, farther south. What's your typical day as far as... Oh, typical day, right. Yeah, yeah, I watch the sunrise. 
um, if I can get up that early. <laughs> um, even on hot days, uh, it's never hot up at the lookout for more than one or two days out of a year. Um, and uh, uh, I get up uh, early. It's cold inside the lookout, so I uh, just uh, put on my shoes and start walking around in a circle around the fire finder that's in the middle of the uh, right in the middle of the floor. Um, the inside of the lookout is 17 feet square, so um, and there are there are bookcases. There's a bed. Um, there's a, a cabinet uh, that has the radio uh, stuff on it. There's a, a table for eating or writing or reading, and uh, then a refrigerator, um, and then a wood stove, and then the propane stove, and that pretty well does it. So you don't have a lot of room to move around, um, but that's okay because uh, we can also get outside and get some exercise every day. Um, I feel like it's a it's it's a real bare bones kind of um, setup, but it's really very comfortable, and um, I have to admit I've learned to love it. Now, just on a practical standpoint, what do you do for refrigeration and water and and I well, I guess you have a propane stove, or do you have wood as well? Yeah, for heat, um, uh, I would never use the, the propane stove. <clears throat> it it uh, I mean, you just have to heat up the uh, oven and then open the door. But no, uh, it's got a really nice wood stove, and uh, we've got wood uh, stacked underneath the uh, lookout, um, and I've always got a, a good arm load uh, sitting there just in case um, I need it, and uh, <laughs> the snow is too deep to get it. Um, so, but but I, re- I really I love the wood stove. If you want warmth, that's the way to go. And Mike, how uh, remind our listeners? I know you spent a long time up there. How many uh, seasons did you do up there? And I understand uh, you have a couple daughters that have also been lookouts and have done some time at Prairie Reef and patrol. Yes, in fact, uh, it was my older daughter <clears throat> Kelsey who uh, um, landed a job there first. She was backpacking um, in the backcountry there, uh, down around Indian Point, and um, happened to strike up a conversation with a with a uh, someone uh, from the office uh, was in the backcountry there. They got to talking. The uh, lookout at Prairie Reef had just been installed, and he uh, uh, had never been alone in his life. And after one day, he walked off the job and disappeared. And so Prairie Reef was abandoned for that little while, um, and uh, he offered the job to Kelsey. And she took it, and she did it for eight years after that. And uh, after the first couple years she was up there, um, another lookout on patrol uh, didn't show up for work. So um, uh, Kelsey called her sister, and her sister then came up and took over uh, patrol. And uh, the two of them 
were uh, the two lookouts. And I got to go up usually for some time in both of those uh, lookouts so they could go backpacking or something if they wanted to do it. Um, but it wasn't until 2013 that uh, I uh, retired from work and um, was offered the job for uh, full the full summer um, from then on, and I did that with great relish because I really loved it. I did miss a couple years because I had had some uh, surgery on my ankle and and one other time, but um, so I, I'm not um, an old timer. Uh, but my uh, younger daughter, Sam, on patrol, has been there for now 25 years. Well, that's a pretty amazing story. I actually recall when I first moved here in the 90s, I think, there was a story about one of your daughters about Prairie Reef in the outdoor section. And I think when we were talking the other day, uh, we came to the conclusion it might have been uh, Kelsey that was the, the that story was about. But that's... Mm-hmm. That's my memory back of the first time somebody piqued my interest about mm-hmm. Prairie Reef. But did you uh, tell me a funny story about um, you mentioned that person had only stayed on there one day? Didn't you mention there was also a somebody that called and said after one day uh, I, I I need to leave here, and he was like uh, I don't want to hit on uh, athletes, but it was a Notre Dame quarterback or somebody that had been a. Yeah. Boy, you got a good memory. That's, um, yeah, that's all I ever heard. And, of course, I never met him. Um, but he uh, he just called uh, after he'd been there uh, a day and uh, uh, sounding very bedraggled. He had never been alone, never been anywhere alone. And uh, and that would, would be a pretty hard test. Uh, if you had never been alone and then find yourself alone on top of a 9,000-foot mountain. Well, why don't you, uh, in our conversation the other day, you kind of talked about the spiritual experience of being alone up there for two months and, uh, you know, seeing the sky, the incredibly uh, dark sky, and just uh, your, your experience overall and and then you can talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the wildlife you've seen and and then the wide diversity of guests that you've had up there. So um, I'm sure we'd all be interested in that. And for our listeners out there, we're talking to Mike Chapman, who spent uh, a lot of time up at Prairie Reef over the past 10 years. And uh, he's talking about his experiences up there. So uh, go ahead, Mike. Sure. The uh, night sky is stunning. Um, Down here uh, in the lowlands, even when the air is its clearest, you see probably a third the stars that you can see up on Prairie Reef. Um, I'm an avid photographer, so I've got lots of pictures of the night sky, and I use a, a variety of lenses but my longest lens, uh, which is 800 millimeters, um, just reveals more and more and more stars. And uh, the, uh, the galaxy, we're looking right toward the galactic center up there. And uh, um, 
I think about it a lot because um, I also am really interested in history and uh, the people who um, did the first sky maps. Um, I guess the ones who were attributed most um, was were the um, um, Babylonians, and uh, they drew maps and. They were so good that some of those maps are still in existence, and they are used as references to uh, see um, if the stars have moved, and of course they always do. They just move very, very slowly. Um, but to be under that sky and looking up to it, I picture a little shepherd boy maybe out uh, with a flock of sheep at night, and uh, just wondering what those things were in the sky. And it was that that was the uh, birth of astronomy. And as astronomy evolved, it turned into the calendar. And the calendar uh, turns out to be one of the most important technological advances in the history of the human race. So the sky is like a giant clock, and uh, it made uh, agriculture much more accurate and therefore uh, more bountiful harvests and that kind of thing. Um, and then they got to using it to uh, predict, try to predict wars and uh, um, famine and all of those sorts of things, and that became the uh, uh, pseudoscience of astrology <clears throat> to be able to tell and predict what the world would be like in the future based on what the sky told us. That is wonderful. Now, I know we're getting close on time, and one thing we really want to hear about are some of your animal experiences as well, because you're in a very u unique position there. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, sorry I went on and on about that. I know we're short on time. Um, the, uh, the, the animals, uh, I had uh, quite a menagerie of animals up there. Um, right around the lookout, um, there are marmots. And mar the marmot is the biggest squirrel in the world. That's one uh, uh, interesting thing about it. Very intelligent, gentle, and uh, they would always uh, be around uh, whenever it was daylight. And there was one old guy, he was kind of the, the matriarch of the, uh, probably 17 marmots that, that uh, were around. And uh, every morning he would uh, come up on the deck of the lookout and leap up into the air and slam into the window. <laughs> the first time he did it, I about passed out from shock. Um, but he just did it every morning. Um, I always uh, thought one of these days he was going to go through the glass, but he never did. Um, and they um, they hung around, and, and uh, they liked horse manure really well. Uh, there were a couple other animals that really liked the horse manure. There, there was another little animal that lived in the rock right outside the door from from Prairie Reef um, called Pika. 
and pikas were are very small. They're they're bigger than mice and and probably a, about the size of rats, but they're they're not uh, rodents, um, and uh, they're famous for their um, sounds and uh, just how cute they are. I think they would win any kind of a uh, one of those. Um, let's see. Uh, then the elk were common, and twice a year they would be migrating um, first down uh, and along the rivers and then uh, around the late August and into September um, they I would see maybe 200 to three or 400 um, migrating through on their way to a winter uh, grazing down uh, closer to the uh, the plains uh, out to the east. Um, the mountain sheep were also up there, and uh, uh, lots of mountain goats. I'd get up in the morning and look out the window, and sometimes I would see ten mountain goats uh, on a level below the lookout uh, where they slept the night. And uh, and then there were other ones that were obviously just migrating through, and most of them seemed to come from uh, up around Glacier, and then they would uh, 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 come up. And, and I have pictures of them uh, right outside my window. Um, I also have pictures of a grizzly bear just outside the window and uh, elk many times. It was really interesting because the animals seemed to be attracted to come all the way up to the top of the um, mountain, and they, like all of the people who come up to Prairie Reef, looked out, and I would swear they were saying, ah, this is beautiful. And, so, and Mike, those, yes. those pictures that you mentioned... Um, if our listeners want to see some of those, and I think you told me when when I was up there, and this was a couple of years ago, that you had like ten thousand photographs that <laughs> yes. that you had taken up there, and and you're still sorting through them. But you you have some, and you have a I would call it a presentation that you've actually put together and uh, actually put some text with each picture explaining. Yes. Um, yes. And how would they get that if they wanted to wanted to see that? Yeah, I've got a 300-picture uh, 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 slideshow, so to speak, and it's on. Uh, uh, I've got it on the web, and uh, I have a link that I can provide. Um, I would say to any of your listeners, if you would like to um, get a copy of that link, so you can look to see. Uh, what I've got there, I, it's really worth it. There, there are a lot of beautiful pictures in there, and I have uh, annotations on each one of the pictures to explain where it is and what what you're seeing. We'll actually uh, put on the when we when we put the podcast on there, uh, we'll put a note on there that if you'd like to see the uh, picture presentation that goes with the podcast, then uh, contact Mike at this email. In the final minutes we got here, I know that we've talked and I was up there recently and the and the um the lookout that was up there one of the things he mentioned was just the diversity of guests that make that long trek 
from all over the world, and then they find their way up to Prairie Reef Lookout. And so can you talk briefly about some of the people that uh, you met and um, made that made that long trek? And for my listeners out there, it's not what you call an easy hike um, <laughs> up to Prairie Reef. It is until you get to about Indian Point, and then from there on, it's a vertical climb up to the yeah. lookout. 3,500 feet. Yeah, but it's yeah. well worth it. Yes, oh yes, and nobody who comes up and sees the scene will be sorry. Um, I've never had anybody say, you know, this really isn't so great. Um, And uh, often we will uh, spend a couple of hours talking about the geology of the Rocky Mountains. And that's really interesting, because I I had a lot of people say, um, I came up for the view, but now I feel like there's something a lot deeper here. and uh, let's see, the, the, what, what was the, uh, I forget what the question was that you, you had asked. Uh, I was going to say it again. Mike, ta- uh, if you could just mention the, the, the many different guests that you've oh, seen sure, from around the sure. world. Yeah. The most distant one that I had was from Romania. And she had come up over um, and uh, came up. And she talked excellent English, and I asked her where she had studied it, and she said, nothing, my my parents just always played Disneyland or <laughs> Walt Disney uh, cartoons all the time, and that's how I learned English. Um, and she was on her way over to Silvertip Mountain because there is a cave there, and she's an avid caver. Um, and that's the kind of people that, that just popped up. Um, I had... Uh, for two different years, um, a graduating class of uh, high schoolers from Hawaii. And they would come all the way over here just to come up to Prairie Reef and to camp for some nights uh, on the way. And, uh, uh, and uh, you, I, I had uh, uh, several old men, like 90 years old, riding their horses up, and they've been doing it since the 30s, and they would do that uh, sometimes every year. A um, um, lot of ranchers, uh, miners, and, you know, it's funny because uh, people have so many different political views, but when it comes to looking at Prairie Reef, it's uh, uh, just a fine place to be and to talk. So uh, I met a lot of people and uh, had immense immensely fine time with them. Well, that sounds like an exceptional experience, Mike, and wanted to thank you again so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I know it barely scratches the surface, but hopefully will we see you up there next season or future seasons? Unfortunately not. Um, 2000 was the last year I was up, and it was uh, purely because of arthritis. <laughs> oh, okay. and that doesn't get better. Well, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you again soon. And once again, wanted to thank you and wanted to let listeners know, thank you for listening to Front Range Outdoors on KGPR. And we will talk again soon. The sun's sinking low in the and I know another day on the range has gone by. We'll bed down the strays, we 
been gathering all day with a Montana love. 